Well, hey guys, welcome back to another Bible study. So now we're going to be in, we're still in chapter 8, but we're going to be in verses 35 through 37 today. And uh, chapter 8 is just absolutely one of my favorite chapters in Romans. Um, so when we were dividing up this series and looking at the different passages, all the teaching pastors uh, got together and we kind of were looking at the different themes. Some of them we were able to do like an entire chapter in one week. And then others, we would have a couple, of ch- a couple of weeks that we would take for a chapter. But when we came to chapter 8, I knew I would need at least three weeks. And, and honestly, I probably could have spent 10 weeks in chapter 8 because it's just so wonderful. This is why we have these Bible studies, though, so that, so that we can go verse by verse and not miss anything. But where we're going to pick up today is where Paul, which I love that he does this, is he keeps acknowledging the tensions that we have in our hearts. So Paul will give a truth and then basically answer our objections to it. Not in the sense that we are objecting, saying his truth is not true, but we're saying, okay, but how, how do we respond when we feel this way? How do we respond when this happens? And so Paul is talking about God's love, God's, our connection to God. But then he also knows that there's this tension inside of us that whenever blank happens, we feel separated from God. We feel like maybe somehow we've been removed from God's love. And the reason I say blank is it's something different for all of us. Sometimes when we feel like God is silent, then we feel separated from his love. When we feel like things are going bad in our lives, we feel separated from his love. When there's a threat to us, we feel separated from his love. And so Paul's just going to acknowledge that and address it. And so in verse 35, and I'll put this on the screen, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And so the, the answer that he's projecting or assuming that we'll respond with is the answer is nothing. But he's going to give some different examples. But over and over in our minds, we should just constantly say the answer, nothing. Who's going to separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. No one. So he says as a person, who? But he could also say what? Who or what is going to separate us? And the answer is nothing. He says, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And again, the assumed answer is none of those things. So let's just start breaking it down. The first part that he looks at, tribulation or distress, what he's talking about is persecution. So in this time, it could have literally been people physically assaulting them. We know even from Paul's own testimony before he was saved, he was a part of the group that was arresting Christians, even putting some of them to death. But there could be people from other uh, belief systems that would attack them. We know when the wicked emperor, Emperor Nero came to power, he persecuted the Christians and killed them in very, very uh, uh Uh, gross ways, violent ways, uh, made them suffer. And so Paul could be talking about that. But in our lives, when we have persecution, Paul is saying, don't think that is um, an evidence or proof that you are now separated from God's love. It's just the opposite. For Christians, when we have persecution, it should push us deeper into our trust of God and cause us to strive toward him, to, to run toward him. And I want you to think about that. When, when life starts to get difficult and you just feel a threat from the outside, God's desire for you, his deepest desire for you, is that you will run toward him. And so it doesn't separate you from his love. Instead, it draws you in deeper. It makes us closer. And, and all of the things that God allows in our lives is for that purpose. And, and sometimes we lose sight of it. Um, this is kind of a, a weird analogy, but maybe it will connect to you. Uh, we have a dog, and I've, I've talked a little bit about him. Sweet little guy, but he's a small dude. He's, he's about 10 pounds. Um, they call him a, uh, his breed a teddy bear. 
and uh, he's just a small little fluffy, fluffy, just ball of love. I mean, I, I love the little guy. But when we take him out, we have to put him on a leash. And the reason why is he's not smart enough to just stay out of danger. Um, actually, we've had a couple of times recently where he got out and uh, basically thinks it's a game. He just runs away. He stays just close enough that we can see him and he's around us. But when we approach him, he takes off and none of us can catch him. So if you live near me, there's been some hilarious moments if you're a spectator. So I'll tell you the first one. I was actually under the weather. I had some type of chest cold. And uh, this is a month or so ago and uh, maybe a little bit longer. And uh, he got out. And so I wasn't feeling well. And so Mary calls me. I usually have success in being able to catch him. We go outside, we try all the methods of bribing him and different things. And long story short, he just got more and more aggressive and started going like where we live, started going through the woods, like which are behind people's houses. And, and we're coming like all the, we're walking down the street, we're going through the woods, like my family, we're just trying to corral him. We run into people we know, they're laughing and just think this is the funniest thing. And we finally get him surrounded and he ends up jumping into the arms of my son Lincoln and we get to go home. So I'm running down the street trying to catch him while having like a chest cold. It wasn't a beautiful sight. Uh, so that was the first one. The second one, he got out and it went on for like an hour. I have never been to love an animal as much as I did in that moment and also be so mad at him. But we're going all through <laughs> our uh, subdivision again. Like and if you know where I live, like it's, it's not like an organized subdivision. So we're in people's property. We go all the way up. We're in this person's backyard and their back of the house has a giant window that they can look out. This person is just looking out, not knowing any of us. And we're a family of six. We are running around their yard trying to catch this dog. And at first they were just like looking out like, what is going on? And then they got a chair and sat down and watched it in amusement. <laughs> and so we were finally able to catch him. But the reason why I say all that is he's literally not smart enough to put himself in harm's way. And so we have to, the safest form for him is to have a leash on him because we can keep him in safe distance and make sure he stays within our home or when we go for walks every day, we can keep him in a safe way and direct his life and pull him this way or that way. Do you know God is the same way with us? And, and we would view a leash as like the super restrictive thing. God's not restricting us in that he's holding us back from experiencing true pleasure of life. He's holding us back from experiencing the depth of pain that is possible if we reject God and go on our own ways. And so even the difficult things like persecution, tribulation, distress, it's not meant to hurt us. God uses it as a way to pull us back so that we will run to him, so that we will feel his love and feel his protection. He goes on and says, how about famine or nakedness? And what he's really talking about is, is destitution or even a, a brokenness. But God's promise to us is always to provide. His love is unchanging in that. So I want you to think about it. If you're not in a relationship with God and you're not experiencing that, when all those things threaten you, you should be overwhelmed by it. But for those who are in a relationship with God, when from the outside, what looks like destitution, what looks like you're not gonna have enough, you can fall back on the promises of God knowing he's going to take care of all of your needs. He's going to provide for you. This was the promise of Jesus. He told us, he said, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry about itself. All these different things that you want to run after, people who are not in a relationship with God, they run after those. But those of you that are in a relationship with God, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all the things that you need are going to be added unto you. This is a promise of God. So these things are not an evidence of us being separated from his love. It's just the opposite. It's an opportunity for God to miraculously show his love to us. So what looks like a threat from the outside is really an opportunity from God. He goes on and says, danger or sword. 
And in his context, he could have meant that very literal, an executioner. But for us, when we have a threat from the outside, what we need to understand is these threats from the outside, they lose their terror in the presence of God and the promise of eternity. Can I say that again? When we have a threat from the outside, whatever it might be, it loses its threat of terror or the power of terror in the presence of God and the promise of eternity. What I mean by that is when something's coming against you, there's one of two things is going to happen. Either God is going to step up and perfectly defend you, so in the power of God there is no terror. But even if, because this has been a case for Christians throughout history, that God allows them to be martyred, the moment that you are martyred, you are in the presence of God. And so that is, not to be flippant about this, but that is an upgrade. And so there is no threat of terror. Either God, and hear me, either God's going to deliver you or you are going to be eternally with God. Your eternal life is going to go to the next level. And so there's no threat. So what does Paul say in going on from that? He says, just talking about our attention in verse 36, as it is written, for, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So he's quoting uh, the 44th Psalm, verse 22. But what he's saying is, we feel helpless like a sheep is feeling helpless. But here's what we know. And then this becomes like the anthem that we have in faith. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. All these things that are coming against us, what we are is we're not simply people that are surviving. Hear, hear me, this is what Paul is declaring. We're not just like barely making it through. And he goes, you know what? We're not simply conquerors. We're not just people that through our last effort we're able to defeat and now we're going to survive. He goes, no, we are more than conquerors. Why? Because I want you to think about this, okay? I wrote this down because I want to be clear on this. If every threat that comes against you pushes you toward God, that's a blessing, right? So the threats have no power over you. You are more than a conqueror. If in our need we get provision, then need and destitution has no threat, no power over us. You are more than a conqueror. If in our threat we get protection, you are more than a conqueror. If in our weakness we get strength, God's strength is perfected in us, you are more than a conqueror. If in death you actually get life, you are more than a conqueror. Here's the question. If all those things are true, what can defeat you? And the answer is nothing. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? If the same spirit that, is, that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you, you don't have to fear anything. Friends, say it with me. We are more than conquerors. And I hope this is an encouragement to you. I hope it's a blessing to you. And I hope you, throughout your week, that this just becomes something you say in your head. As you ha have threats against you, as you face challenges, as you feel that insecurity, that you'll say to yourself, because of Jesus, I am more than a conqueror. God bless you guys. I'll see you on Sunday.